Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Prince Podcast. My name is Michael Dean, and today we are going to be talking about Jesse Johnson. Yes, Mr. Hart! All that stuff. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about some Minneapolis funk. But joining me today to help me uh, is Mr. Sean Hill. Mr. Sean Hill, how are you? I am doing well. Another beautiful day in Southern California. It's supposed to be cold, and then it's going to get hot again this week. This yo-yo weather. I'm surprised I hadn't gotten sick yet, so keep your fingers crossed for a brother. All right. And we got to shout you out, Sean. Uh, if you haven't already, listeners, go check out Sean's excellent, uh, essentially your review of uh, Sign of Time's album. Sean breaks down, I believe, each track. Yes. Uh, really gets into it. So definitely check it out. What's the name of that article? Look Sign of the Times Messed With My Mind, the greatest print album. There you go. There you go. All right. Also joining us today is Mr. Amp Pooh. How are you, sir? I am doing well, fellas. No complaints. All right. Feel that. And of course. Netflix in the mail. All right. And of course, joining us is Mr. Q Storm. Sir, how are you? Uh, not doing too good right now, but uh, I have to work it like a job, so I'm here. I'm, I'm here to contribute what I can. All right. I saw a funny uh, response on Facebook to that saying. Somebody said, jerk it like a job. I was like, wow. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> really? Also, we've got a couple Sh- of guests hey, Shout today. out to Jada Fire. All right. We got a couple of guests today. Uh, first joining us, he's been on the show many times. Uh, you know, he's, he's like a brother to me, little brother, homie, musician. I want to be like him, you know, on, on the bass and guitar and all that good stuff. Mr. Whoa. Joshua Jackson, a.k.a. Brother Saeed. Sir, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm excited. It's always a pleasure and a privilege, man. I, uh, you know, I appreciate everything y'all do, man. Y'all are like. Y'all are like my golden era hip hop. It's like the Supreme Team, Red Alert, Mr. Magic. I, 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 I thank God for y'all for real. You said Red Alert. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So also joining us his first time on the show. But he's actually a longtime friend of mine who I personally know. Uh, he's an excellent DJ. Uh, he definitely turned the spot out. Uh, Mr. Nick Styles, sir. How are you? Good man. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm ready to get it in on this Jesse talk, man. This is great. All right. And so, you know, I like to, um, you know, everybody knows Ampoo and Sean Hill and, and Q Storm and myself. Um, a lot of people may know Joshua, a uh, musician. He's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, Nick, you this is your first time. Just give the people a little background in terms of, you know, who you are, where you come from, and what you do and all that good stuff, if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind at all. Um Basically, uh, I'm originally from Boston, and uh, I moved to Hawaii at a young age, and so I grew up in in Hawaii and uh, was exposed to a lot of R&B over there. And, um, you know, I just uh, grew up, I always wanted to be a DJ from like sixth grade, and uh, in 1984, I got my shot, so we just kind of studied and learned and loved everything about the music and just kind of came up there doing that. Um, just been kind of traveling around and then finally got the opportunity to come to Seattle for a little bit and uh, just kind of made it my home after that. So, All right. All right. I feel that. Uh, oh. where are you uh, currently spinning out now or are you doing like private gigs and stuff like that? Or? 
Yeah, I was in the, uh, the club scene here for a good 10 years, and um, I decided in about 2010 to go back into the, uh, the private shows. And so I do mostly uh, corporate stuff, weddings, you know, things like that, private parties now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's where the money's at, man. I'm telling you, the club's just not happening. But All right, all right. I feel that. Also, I think we have another uh, latecomer, uh, Your Honor. Let him come in. The bailiff, uh, the lawyer's coming up. Mr. Big, Sexy, and Sax, sir, are you there? I am there, ready to roll. All right. How are you, man? Uh, man, I'm great. Had a little bit of a thunderstorm last night, but uh, it was all good. Long week in court. I'm ready to get some Jesse talk on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's let's get into that. We're going to talk today, as I said earlier, Jesse Johnson, man. Jesse Johnson is... It's almost one of the unsung heroes of mm-hmm. Minneapolis funk. Uh, you know, he was there from the time on and went to do his own thing and is still active today with one of the, you know, mainstays of, you know, real R&B, as they say, in, in today's world. So we definitely want to shine a spotlight on Jesse. Now, let me say this up front. I'm a super fan of Jesse Johnson's. Uh, Jesse, if you listen to this understand that this is coming from a place of celebrate you know we're celebrating you and we really appreciate the music that you do and we are brothers here so much love and shout out to you all right with that said i want to start from the top jesse johnson um where do we begin i guess we begin to say like you know hey we all originally met jesse as the guitarist and the time um when the time went live that's when you got to see Jesse shine. I, like a lot of people, thought that Jesse was playing on those first two records. I mean, you couldn't tell me nothing that the band was not playing them records as they were recorded and, you know, they were the shit. But obviously we know Prince was actually one that recorded that stuff. But when they hit the stage, they were able to uh, not only reproduce the sound of the, the albums, but take it a little bit beyond that and play alive and that's where you really got to see jesse and everyone you know jimmy jam and all of them shine i remember a real um old school quote it was from uh you see the babyface or la and they were talking about when they were like trying to get put on and they were so geeked to go see the time live uh in concert because they were such fans of jam and lewis and and morris and all those you know they listened to those records and they just knew that fucking man those are the dudes playing and sure enough when they went to the show you know just blown away uh by the musicianship so yes jesse the time we understand that and then we understand the sort of the breakup when jam and lewis leave and then we have the time that is sort of a new version of time that has people like uh, i think gary hubbard saint paul steps in uh, then we think, you know, retain Jesse, Monty and Jellybean, of course, Morris. So I want to start us there a little bit and sort of the, the new version of the time at that last. Well, not the last time album, but I like to say the original last time album in the same way I would say Return of the Jedi was like the original Star Wars record you know, or album or movie. And then you get into these other things. So Jungle Love, Ice Cream Castle's album. Uh this is the first time that Jesse gets to actually get in on the production, on the writing on these songs. Um, any just remembrance from anybody in terms of, you know, Jungle Love, uh, Jesse Johnson? When is, when, let me ask you this. We'll start with this. I asked the question. I'm going to ask um, 
I'm going to go to Big Sexy first. Big Sexy, when was the first time you noticed Jesse? Noticed Jesse uh, was in the cool video. Okay. That was when I first noticed him. And then I saw he started to stand out a little more in what time is it? Excuse me, uh, the walk video. Because in that video, it was like, you know, a little more produced, a little more slickly done mm -hmm. as videos were done at that time. And they had a more definite look to them. But as far as Jungle Love goes, um, in the film, the first thing I noticed when the, you know, when Morris and the band took the stage, I see a white guy on keyboards and it's not Monty. I'm like, okay, who's he? <laughs> then I see the bass player. I'm like, who's he? And I'm thinking, okay, something, something's not right here. Mm -hmm. So I did some research, you know, the old ways. I picked up magazines and uh, Rolling Stone and press clippings and things like that and found out what had happened with the, Jimmy, Terry, and Monty all leaving. And so even with that, I still watched it. And I watched how Morris would, you know, say Jesse and Jerome instead of Terry and Jimmy Jam because they weren't mm -hmm. there anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, as far as the sound... Uh, as I would have said on the Purple Minute podcast, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> that performance in Purple Rain, to me, was just mind-altering. And when I got the album, I'm like, this is not what I heard in the film. And so, you know, 30 years after the fact, I finally tracked down that performance. And the guitar is just on fire. Jesse really stepped forward to take reins of that band as much as he could under Prince's direction but you know Jesse stepped up real and was a major presence in the band and I, and I just really enjoyed watching that yeah and I think even at that point you know we saw Jesse's you know everyone sort of had their thing you know obviously Prince was Prince and he had purple and, and Morris had his thing Jerome had his mirror and stuff and, and Jesse he had the pink suit Yep. you know that was like a very bold color to grab at that way back then uh you know to pull off the, 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 the pink suit and i remember seeing that i didn't know what to think about it at the time a lot of those guys was sort of all glammed out and you know, sort of androgynous thing but it was definitely an eye catcher and he just always to me was like that's, that's a cool cat man he was like a real cool dude you know he, he had the, the the big whip and he was always like you would call jesse and he'd come in and he just shred it, you know. He just like shit, you know. The, the fuck Jesse Johnson. Uh, was that Ann Poole that I was about to jump in? One nah, more thing. You, One more thing. Don't, don't forget about the Jerry curl. Don't forget about the curl. Oh, oh sure. Oh, curls okay. on point. Curls on point. He's the One only thing. one to rock that curl. One thing I liked about Jesse, and he's to me was in the tradition of Ernie Isley, and mm. before that, you know, obviously Jimi Hendrix. You have a straight up rock guitarist and a funk band, and to me. That was something that always worked for me. Now, Rick James tried to do that. I forget the guy who played guitars for Rick. He looked the part of metal guy, but he couldn't play the part. Sorry, he just couldn't. Whereas when you had the Isley Brothers, when they were at their peak, they had Ernie who could do all this. And then you have Jesse who could do that same type of uh, fusion, which I thought was just excellent. And I, I think that's something that's not done anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, and then the name escapes me at the at the moment. Maybe uh, Joshua can remember that. What was the Eddie? I'm sorry, Eddie Hazel. I think that's who I'm. Eddie Hazel. Right I'm on. Thinking. Yes. Yeah. You right can on. Really, you can hear that. You know, you can hear some of that inspiration coming from him as well. Um, I'm going to jump ahead, and then we'll, we'll get around, move around the table. So the Time album obviously signals the end of the time. Unfortunately, at that particular point in history, 
and everyone starts to, starts to go their own way. And this is the opportunity where Jesse Johnson, you know, he goes off and signs to A&M Records. And that first album, the Jesse Johnson's Review, comes out. Uh, so this is where I really want to get into conversation. I'm, I'm going to say this off the top. I remember seeing that album. Uh, I think it was a cousin of mine, uh, a guy cousin. He had that record. And back then, you know, album covers were just so important because I was, you know, you could identify something. Oh, oh, that's that album. And I just remember seeing that cover. And for some reason to me, that cover just didn't work for me. Like, it was just like, I don't want to hear this. Like, I don't even want to, what, what is this? It looks weird to me. Why is it pink and da-da-da? So I will say this. Initially, I was very resistant to listen to this record. Now, I, when I go back to later, a couple, you know, a little, a little bit later, I realized that I had heard some of these songs, but I never associated them with uh, that album. You know, in terms of visually what I saw, I didn't see the videos at the time. So I just never knew that was the same person until I ended up getting the album. And I was like, oh, OK, I didn't know these songs were on this record. You know, what I mean, it was just one of those cases. Um, but with that said, I want to go to uh, Nick. Yeah. So, Nick, man, Jesse Johnson's review. What, what did that album mean to you? What do you remember about that? album? So, first of all, you know, uh, you know, I'm a DJ and I've been a DJ even back then, you know, since then. So I'm not an, just first off, I'm not an album guy. You know, the guys was talking okay. about how they don't like the hits and stuff like that. But see, from a DJ's perspective, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for the singles that were coming out. So um, my first experience with, well, uh, seeing Jesse Johnson was the, um, the, the Jungle Love cover. And when you just like you were saying with, with the all pink, I was like, and, and that really stood out to me. I was like, who is this guy? You know, and obviously, you know, I found out it was Jesse Johnson. But my first experience to Jesse Johnson was when I bought the Can You Help Me Free World 12 inch single mm. and seeing that cover as opposed to the album cover first. See, and I don't know if you know what the Can You Help Me cover looked like, but it was that pink suit that he wore in the Jungle Love cover. And so that, to me, it drew me to him, to tell you the truth. So, and then hearing what he had on that 12-inch single, Can You Help Me, and then B-Side Free World, it was like, bam. But as far as the album goes, when the album came out, I was still stuck on that single. So when the album came out, um, you know, it, it was a decent album. I, I liked it, but I, I, I didn't like it as much as the singles that came out. But, um, you know, but yeah, exactly, like your... The cover itself from the album wasn't that appealing as opposed to the 12-inch single that came out. But, um, you know, I, I like the album and it, 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 I, I didn't think it was his best work, but I, I like the album. And, and at the time you know, that album came out, that was, what, 1985? Yeah. Uh, at this point, Prince, I want to say either he had or was about to release uh, Around the World on the Day. If it, had, it probably was already out. And, of course, he sort of abandoned, you know, Minneapolis funk. But here's this Jesse Johnson, it, you know, picks the torch right up. Yeah. And sort of like, yo, I'm riding for this style. So I'm, so when I heard these songs, I was like, you know, a part of me loved that style. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is what I sort of wanted Prince to do, you know, in a certain way. So with that said, I'm going to go to Sean Hill. Sean Hill. 
what do you think about Jesse Johnson's review, some of the songs? Uh, well, first I want to say, like everyone else, I um, first got exposed to Jesse during the 1999 tour. I saw the uh, the Hit and Run, or not Hit and Run, it was a Triple Threat tour. And I tell you, he shredded uh, 777-9311, that solo. He tore that just to, mm-hmm. to shred. So that's that's where I first got exposed to it. But as far as the album goes, um, back then, you know, anything that Prince was even, like, remotely associated with, I was going to buy, right? So it was a no-brainer to pick this album up. And I remember, still to this day, putting the, putting the needle on the record and hearing that, I was like, okay, all right. And uh, like Mike just said, you know, this was like, okay, well, Prince isn't on this anymore. So this is like more, more the Prince that I'm used to, not, not the round of order day stuff. But I mean, the entire album um, to me is fire. I, 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 it's still one of my favorite albums to this day. I still listen to it all the time. Uh, I want my girl. Can you help me? Special love. Uh, all of that, yeah. So I, I don't remember how it, you know, how it was released or how it was received as far as the general public. I know it got mad play in my house, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was a great album for sure. Yeah, you know, going back to one of the things when Nick was saying, I think one of the turning points, early turning points for Jesse was when that, uh, you know, the B side, uh, I believe it was, <clears throat> "Can You Help Me," that song "Free World," when that <laughs> dropped. Oh, that was like the bomb that just yeah. like oh shit you know Rodic City, Rodic City <laughs> yeah it was like everyone took notice like oh, okay Jesse this is serious um it almost overshadowed the the album you know it was like the yeah. B-side and just he didn't came even put out. it on the album though he didn't even put it on No it. no it was, you know in the classic sort of prince tradition you know he would right. drop these B-sides that would damn near overshadow some of the songs on you know would definitely overshadow the A-side um uh, was that uh, Q Storm? Did I hear you jump in? Trying to jump in? No, I was. I was just oh, okay. listening. Waiting my turn. Uh, well, uh, go to you. Do you remember uh, Free World when when <clears throat> that came out? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, um, I wasn't. See, I came to. I mean, I. I'm going to go back to Prince real quick. Um, I came to. Prince pretty much was introduced to Prince during uh, 1999. That's when I kind of got immersed in Prince, and I backed off a little bit. I mean, I liked it, but my the reason I say that is because then when Purple Rain came out, <clears throat> that's when I was fully like, okay, I'm with this dude. So I wasn't really checking for um, Jesse and and specifically. I, I mean, I was grooving with the time, Ice Cream Castles, because it was part of uh, it was part of. Uh, the whole 1984 thing. But, um, so I didn't really know Jesse Johnson that well as an artist. However, when the album, uh, Jesse Johnson's review came out, I wasn't, it was, I was trying to compare it to proper rain. So I I just put it to the side, but I liked a couple of the singles. Uh, can you help me? And I forget the other one, uh, uh, be your man. Those, those were fire, but I wasn't feeling the album overall. Because it was up against Purple Rain. Then whatever year that single, uh, the B-side Free World came out, I was like, how have I been sleeping? What happened? (laughs) What what happened from from the rather pedantic lyrics and the uh, kind of, uh, I'm going to say, 
very homogenous, easily digestible beats on the on the on Jesse Johnson's review. What happened that he went from that to this fire right here? And ever since I was in college, I remember whenever there was a step show, whenever there was a party, or whenever there was a frat house party, that song, when that put it on, it shut it down. So it was just, that song was, I mean, just amazing to me. I played that night and day. So that's when I really got into Jesse Johnson as an artist. All right. I can feel that. Uh, Aunt Pooh, I think. Maybe you might want to mute your your mic there for us, sir. All right. I was on mute. All right. So, But I have to to show my ignorance as I had no idea Free World was Jesse Johnson within (sighs) the last five years. I remember being in the mid-80s hearing that. I thought that was like a a rap song or a rap artist that did it because back in the day when they were playing music, it was really rare to to hear who the artist uh, being credited for the song but on the radio stations. But knowing Jesse put that out, damn. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that, that, this guy here, man. Oh, yeah, it's all good, you know. Yeah. Uh, to the south. We... <laughs> oh. What does that have to do? <laughs> <laughs> let's, keep, let's move on. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> uh, one of the other singles, of course, uh, was I Want My Girl. Uh, which was, again, to me, I just remember that being sort of a big song. I remember hearing it all the time. But it also had another B-side to that, and it was the B-side was uh, Fast Girls, which Mm. actually is a, you know, Jesse's version of the song he did for Janet Jackson on her Dream Dream Street album. Dream Street. Yeah, and so, you know, I want to throw that in there to say, you know, even before this album came out, you know, when Janet was, you know, getting started on her sort of solo run, you know, stepping outside of the Jacksons TV show and she was fame doing the fame show. She had an album, Dream Street. And yep. before she goes to Jam and Lewis, you know, they went to, they had Jesse Johnson do a couple of songs on that that record. I think yeah. one of them was is it Pretty Boy? Yes. Pretty Boy yes. and Fast Girls. Fast Girls, yeah. Um, you know, and you listen to those songs now, like that entire album, you know, this was before they understood what to do with Janet and, and, and before, you know, the, the, the production really just got serious with Jam and Lewis. But it's interesting to note that, you know, Jesse was actually initially one of the people they were like, you know, we need to get some of that Prince fire. Cause you gotta remember at this time, all he's known for is to be a person in the Prince camp and that, you know, Hey, he, he had a hand in jungle love. You know, let's let's give this guy a shot. You know, uh, you know. I'm sure Joe was like, "Hey, uh, I want her on that print shit." Yeah. But yeah, see, but I you did say that. <laughs> Can I? I go, want to go ahead. Was someone want to jump in? No, go ahead. Go ahead, man. <clears throat> I just wanted to get your guys' opinion. I, I might get some shade for this, but the the issue I had with Jesse Johnson with this first album was that, and, and kind of going into a second album, but we'll come to that later because um, I don't want to give mm-hmm. you the wrong impression. Uh, I just felt like <clears throat> you have to understand. I didn't know him as a musician per se. I didn't, you know. If you told me what instrument does he play, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I wouldn't. I was not. I was all about Purple Rain, and I didn't realize all of us to know about the time and all the art, the the musicians that Jesse Johnson was in that band, so on and so forth. I didn't. I didn't connect the dots. Okay, but listening to this album, I I'm not going to say it was a bad album, but it was such a for the most part, all the songs seem to follow the same beats. It was it was the thing about Jesse Johnson where it seemed like yeah. he would write a verse, write a chorus, 
and just repeat yeah. that until the song was finished. Mm-hmm. There was nothing challenging about any. It was kind of like, to me, I felt the same way listening to a, a majority of the Black album, Prince's Black album. Very few songs really felt like they reached out and, and challenged you. It was just program a beat, let it run. We're going to sing some stuff over this until it ends out to the fade. Mm-hmm. And that's how I saw Jesse Johnson as an artist. Um, that's how I categorized him as an artist when I first listened to this album. I'm like, it's not bad, but it's just verse. It's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, nice beat, fade. And his lyrics didn't really his lyrics didn't really move me that much. So I, I saw him mean. as a as a not knowing him as the guitarist that he is today. And I thank Michael Dean for that. I have to be honest. I, I, I he keyed me in on. I mean, Jesse is a bad dude, but at that point, I was thinking, this guy's just kind of middle of the road it's, it's in terms of musicianship. Well, let me, let me read you something Jesse had to say about something like what you're saying. This is back when I believe this album came out. Uh, he, he had a, a pretty interesting interview with, uh, well, they had a piece on him in the L.A. Times. Uh, it says, Jesse still smarts from the barbs of Minneapolis music critics who noted that nothing on Jesse's debut album rivals Prince's When Doves Cry. Uh, putting things in perspective, Johnson observed, nothing on his first album is like When Doves Cry either. <laughs> so, Good point. I, I, I will say this, you know, in defense of the record, um, it's a Minneapolis-based record. It is a guy who is basing sort of like, I want, I'm going to make something like that sounds like a Prince style. One, that is the style of the day, um, you know, uh, ready for the world and you know, countless other people trying to sound like that. One, I'm in the camp, or at least I'm a first, you know, first removed from the camp. I'm not somebody trying to sound like what we did here. So I think, one, he got his record deal based off his association, based of, hey, you're going to give us something that sounds exactly like what the music industry sounds like today. And I think in the confines of that, he does have a few songs on there that to me are classic songs in that genre. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Can You Help Me? Yeah. You know, some of these other songs, those, those are badass songs. They, they don't, you know, they're not challenging you, but they're to no, me no, like wait, great wait, sort of challenging. I mean, excuse me, they're great Minneapolis funk R&B songs that right. stand the test of time in that particular style. Well, yeah. let me just say, Be Your Man and Can You Help Me? I thought those were genuine hits. Those songs stood out for me. The rest of the songs, I just thought, honestly, like, I want my girl. I mean, just, hey, I don't know. Hey, See, I liked it. <laughs> I want my girl. Oh. Uh-huh. To me, it's like I, I see some, girl, some of I, Roger's sort of stuff. Like, he has, yeah. obviously, he can be very innovative when he created that but, style. But he doesn't go outside of his lane. And I don't have a problem with that. Whereas with Jesse, the same way. He stood in his lane. And that was fine. Prince can go off and do. He's not Prince, you know. He acknowledges that. But I think in terms of it being just a pure Minneapolis music album, yeah. it, it works. But, you know. But, go ahead. But, and I know what I, I know what uh, dude is saying. It, it it does seem like matter of fact. There's three songs, and I'm holding the record right here. And one of the songs that he's uh, referencing that just keep going and going very repetitive. She won't let go. That chorus plays for like. 20 times before into the fade out then going into just too much which is not that far fetched from it and inside too you got let's have some fun so that's three songs that's basically riding the same beat 
But again, I mean, it's you could almost do say the same thing about clones of Dr. Frankenstein. That's the same groove, same note, but just about the whole song. But that's you know, going back to what Michael is saying, that's that style is just based in that format. Yeah, it's like you have countless of sort of formulaic New Jack Swing albums oh, at the time. No, you have, uh, I always see Jesse, and this is not a slight, but I see, to me, Jesse is like how I would see Warren G to Dr. Dre. Like, yeah. Dr. Dre, I was, that's the style. Warren G is first removed from that. It's his brother, right? So his style, he just stays in that G-Funk. I don't have any problem with it. He doesn't go outside of it, you know, as maybe Dre did or other people. But in terms of just that particular style, hey, that's his wheelbarrow. You know, he's not going to jump but, far out of that. And, and that's the thing about Jesse, you know, like even when where I lived, you know, like it, Jesse Johnson, when that stuff came out, it was like almost considered underground. Like, oh, you you don't know about Jesse Johnson, but the, you, they mean like, oh, the dude from the time? Like, yeah, yeah, he's got his own thing. Oh, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't think that Jesse was uh, trying to be Prince at all. I mean, you know what I mean? Like he was just trying to do his own thing. But, but you know, like if, if you had that, like back in the day, I had the Can You Help Me, like I said, 12-inch, and I played it for people. They were like, oh, what's this? You know, and – and they, 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 you know, they were really, you know, interested and intrigued, like, oh, this is that dude, like, what? He went solo? Oh, okay, you know? So, like, but, yeah, the album, like I said, it, it was decent, but it, it wasn't his best work. But, uh, you know, I, I just have to say, like, he wasn't trying to make a dove's cry. And, and I get it, too, because, I mean, yeah, Purple Rain was in full effect back then. And, you know, it's like everybody was just on it. And so was I, you know, and... um but uh, but like I said, Jesse Johnson when he when he just kind of did his little you know side album here or the first album, it was just I think he was just trying to do his own thing. I mean, really. And and can you help me in Free World? That twelve inch alone kills some of the stuff that was out that time. I mean, just I mean to me it does. You know. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say that too. I mean, didn't he kind of address the whole print similarity thing in Free World? You know, nobody likes the way I hold my mic. They say yeah. it's too much like my friend. The clothes yeah. that I wear, uh, the way I comb my hair, uh, makes them come out to offend. So it it's just like he was already addressing that issue right. himself back then. You know. Right. Well, the, the other thing about that song I'm gonna just throw in is that I can't remember when he had that whole thing where he tried to. I don't know if it was true. He tried to commit suicide, but he addresses that in the song too. And I'm like, man, because I listened to that. I listened to that song again around that time. I can't remember what what, what year that was, but I'm like, he. When you get past that beat that you that you um, dance into, the song is really a tragic song. Yeah, because he and talks maybe, about, maybe about suicide. It's suicide. Good call, like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I, that song, you listen to that song, just the lyric, he is expressing pain in that song. I think that that whole, again, I, so we don't have the facts, so I'm very careful of, you know, insinuating that on Jesse, but that whole sort of thing, I think, sort of happened after that that type of situation. and happened after this album, or this album had came out like, a few years out, so I don't know if he was necessarily addressing that at that song at that time. Uh, no, I'm saying he was expressing that feeling, and it for sure. Out. Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, the first album. You know, Hold he, on, Mike. Yes, sir. Um, one thing I want to just drop on everybody. <clears throat> I just said that phrase, drop. Can't believe that. Um, for being such a strong guitar presence, that album is really keyboard driven, which I find a little uh, unusual. Right. Very. Yeah. 
I think you know, at the time, too, all we really knew about him is the solos that you, you heard on the time record. And then he did Chicken Scratch. And I think he was probably more so seen in doing the Chicken Scratch, scratch, which was more synonymous with the Minneapolis sound than it would be, you know, being a super guitarist guy at the time. Uh, so I think he's sort of he's still playing into this is what is expected. This is the genre of, of this music. Going into sort of the second record, we're going to sort of move forward into that. Mm-hmm. Here's now, and I remember this, you know, being, uh, I remember riding on the bus. And I remember those, these guys on the bus arguing about who was better, mm-hmm. you know, Jesse Johnson or Prince. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh. man, you know, this, this is what Cass was talking about on the streets. Ooh. And I just thought that was interesting. For real? I, I, yeah, actually, I was in Seattle. I remember this. I was in Chinatown uh, waiting for the bus. If you, you, so that puts it in your mind, Nick. But um, now we start to see he's had a little, he's had some little, you know, he's had some success. He's had a couple hit singles, obviously Free World. And now he's gearing up for the second album is about to yeah. drop. Uh, Shockadelica. Now this is in '86, and so into comparison times where you put Prince at that time. Uh, I want to say gearing into Parade and, and and that whole thing. So Prince is on a whole other thing at this point, right? He was on another planet at yeah, that time. Yeah, he was a whole other situation. And here's Jesse coming out. And I remember going to buy this album and I was so steeped into run DMC and rap at the time. But I knew that, oh, Shaka Delica is about to come out. I must go get this record. And, and uh, the guy who started this podcast with me, Tobias, we were together. I remember and we jumped on the bus after school and had to ride into town to the record store to get this record. And the first single uh, is Jesse. And I didn't understand the ramifications or the historical significance of this co-singer, you know, but Sly Stone, yeah. Sly and the Family Stone. <laughs> At that time, I did not know who the fuck Sly Come was. On, Frank. Dude, I was like, I'm what? I'm right no. there with him. I, was, I don't know. Yeah, when he was 17, the 16 record, years old. I was old. like, oh, for real? Damn. Yeah, I didn't know who Sly was. I knew of his songs, wow, yeah. but I didn't associate oh, him with again, without seeing any videos, it's hard for me to associate a person's face with the record. You know what I mean? Back then, you just couldn't do that. I remember I thought Madonna was a black girl uh, for many years. I never no, saw no. The, I never saw the video. Before before her uh, videos came out, no, before her first, what was her first two hit song? Borderline. Like, like she came out with Sidewalk Talk, and then Borderline was the first single. Yeah, and there was I didn't see a video for Borderline until until later, so I just assumed that was a sister singing. You oh, know, it was just a jam they played on Somebody Black Radio. Well, I was nine, Mike. So what's your excuse? <laughs> well, again, I didn't I didn't have I didn't have cable, right? So I could hear oh. the songs on the radio, but how would I know what they look like? So I'm, I'm just saying, back then it wasn't like you could just turn cable. I mean, I didn't have cable, so. I couldn't tell you what. So I'm just saying, in terms of Sly, I know now I knew a lot of those songs, but I had no idea what he looked like. Yeah, right. you know, you know what I'm saying. I knew what I knew who I didn't know what uh, Curtis Mayfield necessarily looked like, but I could sing all of his songs. Um, so back then, I didn't understand the significance of Sly. I just knew that, oh shit, Jesse's coming back, <laughs> and this song is fire. Uh, and so he drops crazy um 
It's interesting to note that Jesse was probably, in terms of it being a hit song, he was probably the only person in music to come with a hit with Sly on it. Right. You know, it wasn't Prince. It wasn't Michael Jackson. You know, even though he did some stuff with George Clinton and them, you know, it wasn't a hit, you know, that was blasted and and, then the video was shown. So I always say, like, man, Jesse, you know, I don't know if it was John McClain, his legendary uh, music executive uh, behind Jesse and Janet and all that at A&M. He may have sort of hooked that up, but that song is fire. And I just remember when that dropped, I was like, I thought Jesse was going to blow the fuck up because... Again, in my twisted world, I just didn't. I just thought that he was still the shit, and I didn't realize that Cats was kind of moving away from the Jerry Juice and and the and the female look, and it was becoming more hardcore. But man, crazy! You couldn't tell me. So I, I wanted to go around uh, Joshua, man. Give you a chance to speak. What did you think of the song "Crazy"? Crazy. I man, I remember the day I ordered this album on eBay. I remember when it came in the mail. I played it instantly and when i heard crazy and i was hip to fly because i just seen his his uh unsung episode and i was just floored my soul was saved literally and when crazy came on i'm like yo i'm already thinking because i'm a prince head at the time too i'm like what did prince think did he shit himself was he envious of anything and then I remember getting the Housequake 12 inch a few weeks later and I hear him sampling Sly's voice from this exact record I'm thinking damn they had to be like just a a gut wrenching feeling to know that the dude you you went in on a few years back got your daddy (laughs) (laughs) on his record on on his record, I mean, but the the sound was just like monster coming through my headphones. The drums, the bass. I mean, the the back and forth chemistry between Jesse and Sly vocally was just beautiful. It was it was a monster to me. This whole record, but that that song, it had to be a single. And then the B side, I think, was what Drive Your Cadillac. Oh uh, man, don't get me started on that. Bust my ass when I heard that. <laughs> I played that for a month. That that was my theme song for a month. That song, I lived with that for a long time. This this was just ridiculous. Yeah, Drive Your Cadillac. That's that overshadowed it a, a little bit. I, I just jumped on that and just like I was so mad when it faded out. I know. Like, no, there was an extended version, though, right? Yeah, there. Were, I didn't have yeah. it at the time, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Well, go ahead, yeah. Nick. What, what do you think about crazy and, and driving? Oh, down? crazy! Oh man, let me tell you. Like, see, so I was so on that first, you know, that first group of singles that he had from the first album. I was waiting for this to come out. So when crazy dropped, um, my friend had a promo of it. This is before I could even access promo stuff. So he was like teasing me like, oh, yeah, look what I got. I got the new Jesse, this and that. And I was like, OK, so I waited for the domestic to come out, bought the original 12 inch single. Man, it was really I was impressed with the song. It was really good. You know, but when there was a remix promo that got released and uh, it also got released domestically as well. When I picked that up, though. Um, there was a certain producer that I liked at the time. It was Cameron Paul. He was a DJ slash kind of uh, producer that did a lot of remixes. Um, 
for the DJs. And so he got an opportunity to do a remix of Crazy, which is on the 12 inch single. It's called the Paul Edit. Hmm. And that okay. right there was, I just, I lost it. I was like, oh my God, I'm in love, man. This is great. Like, so I had, not only did I have, I have both 12 inches, so Drive a Cadillac with the extended version on it with the Crazy and the remix and the Paul edit, I was just like, I was floored. I mean, it was great. And I couldn't wait for the next single, too. And I was like, oh man, what's next? What's next? You know, and I was just like, man, I couldn't wait. It was great. Yeah, that, that so that album drops, and actually, I think you reminded me, or, or Josh reminded me, this was Prince was uh, in Sign of Times at this time uh, when this album this album comes out because of course then later we see Prince drops uh, his B side which is the Shockadelica song you know with the title that sort of is the shot to this you know to to Jesse using that title so there was a little back and this is where I really started to see there was the back and forth going on between those two as you mentioned you know Prince samples crazy and Housequake but then another song on this album Jesse uh, does over the song Do Yourself a Favor. Uh-huh, yeah. And and I always remember, I think it was Jesse was on BT, and it was, a, Jesse seemed, he was always on BT with, with Donnie yeah. Simpson, man. Yeah. yeah. That was classic stuff. And I remember he went on there and he told a story where he, uh, you know, was in, went into the office of John McClane, and John McClane had the cassette tape of Prince's version of Do Yourself a Favor, and Jesse was like, oh, I gotta get that. He snatched the tape, and you know, went back and re-recorded his version and put that on the album. And I remember again, I didn't really, I had never heard Prince's at the time, so I had no idea, you know, just off of what they said. But I always was like, that song was the jam to me on that album. And I was just like, damn, like how did he get this sound? Now I understand that like, he was really just, you know, he sort of Jack Prince's thing and redid it. But it's interesting that. I mean, now you would see that as straight biting. Like, cats would be like, oh, they're biting. Oh, he stole his beats, you know. Uh, I think Puffy slapped up Drake, right, for, for taking his beat or something like that. I don't know if they would, <laughs> went to hands back then. But you really start to see the sort of, okay, there's sort of one-upmanship or there's a little something going on between these two guys. Obviously, I, even at that time, I acknowledge that, you know, Jesse is on Prince's Nuts and in a great way. In, in terms of visually yeah. how it looks, oh, you know, <laughs> I mean, see, but that's sort of passive though, like you know what sure. I mean? Like it's kind of like you already know, you know what I mean? Like, right? I don't know. I just never thought that, like, you know what I mean? Like you are, you kind of, it's like he's a side, you know, he's a kind of a a jump off from Prince. So it's like, you know, what I mean, of course it's going to be Prince esque. I mean, look at Mas, you know, all these other jump offs like Maserati and all these kind of other mm -hmm. dudes. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. they're all on Prince's jock. It's, it's just, it's just. Well, what it is, I mean, I don't know. In in this case, Prince was right. How you you title your album Shockadelica and don't have a song on there called Shockadelica? Come on, come no, on. No, but see, like right. this, is, this is freaking a whole. But what this was like a whole year before Prince was even on that Camille shit. Well, no, he but was, I, but that was why he wrote the song though. He's, he was like, hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, because he did try to give that song to Jesse. He did try to give Jesse a song called Shockadelica. But I, I would have been, if I was Jesse, I'd be like, nigga, why are you so concerned about my damn album? <laughs> you over in Paris. Finish your movie. Do your thing. <laughs> I mean, this is my session, ho. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, at the same time, though, thing. maybe maybe Prince understood that he had his others. Maybe Prince heard, like, oh, you doing my version of Do Yourself a Favor on your record? So maybe it was kind of like, oh, okay. Let's I mean, play a little game then. 
Now, you never know. I mean, because anyone... I know their beef goes back to the colors. Because I mean, Jelly Bean even talked about it. You know, Prince was looking at Jesse in that pink stuff with the pink amp. Like, I gotta have a cover. And then here comes 1999, and he got the Jerry curl and the boots and the purple amp stack and purple everything. He, everybody know he bid Jesse with the purple thing. Does anyone know, is this album more of a, a one-man show uh, than than the uh, Jesse Johnson's review was? This is more Since collaborative. He no, he, I think he had the same people on from the review on yeah. this. He just, he just dropped the review part. He just dropped the review. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but you could definitely hear the production was definitely a notch up, a couple notches up. Oh, yeah. Up oh, yeah. From, from that first album. You really... Whoever they, engineered it is just like... Yeah. Sonic quality is crazy. I, yeah. I was going to jump in and say this album is uh, light years of a leap from the first album. He's he's to me, I don't know if I'm going to express this correctly, but he's experimenting a little bit more. He's he's changing up his beats. He's changing up his the structure, song mechanics a little bit more. He's giving you a little bit of variety. And even though songs like around, I'm going to say like when it gets to she I can't resist, which is yeah. fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you got She I Can't Resist, Addiction, Burn You Up. They kind of fall into a homogenous type of sound. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're going to do that, come with fire like this. This, this I mean, when I heard Baby Let's Kiss, yeah. when I first saw, I first saw that, I'm like, I, I, okay, he's biting off Prince with the title. Then I heard the song. I was like, oh, sh- God damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, don't, I, I was like, I don't know what the hell you're wearing on the cover, but I'm with it. And, 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 side, and that, side one is fire. Yeah, that so, song. Me, that, real quick, I'm gonna go to you, uh, Joshua. But that song too okay. is interesting because, you know, there's the album version, but then when they put that single out, oh, yes. the video had the remix the version of it. Or, or, yeah, I don't, redid. Like the, I don't. Is the remix the longer version? Yes. Yeah. I don't like. I, I don't like. It's the same thing. Hopefully, Ann will back me up with this. I think that goes. It, it goes overboard. I, it's the same thing I'm saying about Prince in the um. What's that song? Um, uh, Computer Blue. Mm-hmm. There's an 11 minute version of that song. Stop! Which is, stop! Which is, stop! Hold on! Come get the boy! Come get the boy, man! Oh man! There, which is, it's great to have. It's great that I have that in my archive. But the song on the album, it's concise, gets to the point, gets in, gets out, and does what it needs to do. Uh, same thing. I, I disagree with you, man. But I same thing with this. Give me the album version of the song. Stay. Uh. Oh, that 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 long version sounds like you had a DJ who said, "All right, I'm just a, I'm gonna stand out and show my skill." Nah, <laughs> give me the album version. It gets in, gets it says what it has to say, and gets nah, out. I, I think that the, the, the remix one has more more guitar yes. going on. Like, yes. Yeah, it's just a whole other beast. Well, maybe I need to listen to it again, but it just seemed like it was just. Ah, it just seemed like someone was just uh, playing around with with a new a new toy they got to, that could uh, chop up, that could spin nah. and chop up, nah. uh, the song. And I, I, I wasn't with it. I was like, I'm I'm fine with the album version. Well, Joshua, uh, what were you gonna say about that? Yeah. Oh uh, well, first of all, he mentioned what Jesse was wearing on the cover. I gotta shout out my man Jesse for wearing the the Star of David necklaces because he represented his Muslim upbringing with the two stars on his jacket hmm. and also i got to shout out steve hodge for engineering this because this record bumps like it's so well done like the pristine 
the drums hit, snares is cut, and everything is where it needs to be. Like, this is probably the best mixed and engineered Minneapolis record ever. Like, nothing is touching hmm. it. Like, I, I, at all. I was just going to say, <clears throat> I got two things I'll say real brief. When I got to the end of the album and, and I hear Black in America, right? I was like, holy shit, this guy don't even, even the last song on the album is on some new shit. I'm like, wow. I, I don't necessarily like that being the last song, but it just, it really impressed, you know, who am I to say I was impressed, you know, he impressed me, but I was really impressed that he wrote that. And he, I never knew he, he expressed for the first time that he has a consciousness. And I'm like, wow, this song should have been a lot longer. And I wish it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been relegated to the end of the album. But the other thing I want to say was this, the one, one thing I remember about this year when this album came out during the summer when I, I was still in college, but I was interning at BET when they had uh, affiliate stations across the country back in Indianapolis. And Jesse Johnson came from the Indiana Black Expo. And I'll never forget, I was there, I was uh, reporting, and I had a cameraman with me. And he was sitting there getting ready to go on stage because he, he was doing a performance. And I was trying to get the publicist's attention, say, hey, can I go interview him? She wasn't, she wasn't checking for me. I ran past her, and my cameraman was like, no, you can't do that. I was like, fuck that, let's go. Ran up to him with my microphone, was like, and I just started talking to him. He was cool. He had on a ton of makeup, though. But I'll never forget, I got the interview. That was my first, the first thing I ever recorded when I was starting my career. And when we walked away, my cameraman said, good job, man. And the publicist said, you shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, whatever. I got the story. <laughs> and that, be- that began my career. Jesse Johnson started my career. All right, all right. Um, also, I wanted to go back to Shea Can't Resist. I think you brought that up, Q. Uh, that was also a 12-inch. That's a burner. Man. And that, that was like, burner. again, he sort of redid the song over, kind of made it pseudo like it was alive. I was, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands up for the sexy Minneapolis recording. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> but that shit was hot, man. It was just like, God damn. And it was, I just loved it because, again, like Prince was doing, Jesse was not just throwing the songs out there as singles. He was like, Yo, let me go back in and put some more shit on this. You know, let me have a, a B side. And so this 12 inches, you had to get them. You know, it's yeah, like exactly. you had to get those things, man. Had Can I say one other thing? Um, I don't know how this is going to sound, but. You love them. No. You know how, um, like, I'm going back to crazy, right? Well, the album in general, I think for me, this album kind of cemented Jesse Johnson's vocal style for me. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, this may be a horrible example, but like you listen to any of the Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney collaborations, uh, The Girl Is Mine, Say, 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 The Man, whatever. You know, you respect Paul McCartney as an iconic artist, but when you hear Michael start singing against him, you're like, okay, that's my man right there. Same thing with Crazy. I respect, I didn't really know Sly Stone that well, but I knew him from his hits, and mm-hmm. I respected him as the icon that he was. But when Jesse's uh, voice comes in, I'm like, that's my man right there. (laughs) Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I liked his voice. I liked the the tonal quality of his voice. Plus, plus that's the generation, too. Like, Jesse was our generation. Exactly. Exactly. Because a lot of you cats are younger than me. I remember, you know, Sly, when I was a little, little dude, and 
when I heard that he was doing the thing with Jesse, I'm like, oh, I'm all over this. Because Sly hadn't recorded in years to that point. So that was a real big, big coup for, uh, for Jesse to get him to come out of seclusion and actually record. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And uh, it's that, interesting when, you, when I hear it now, though, now that I know more about Sly and I understand, you know, the way he sings, he nailed that. Like, he gave it that Sly. I was like, God. You know, so much of what you hear from that, almost that Sign of Time style Prince really trying to sound, sing like Sly. And yes, it's like, it's interesting to no hear doubt. the original guy do it. It's like, God damn, this, this dude nailed it. I don't know what he, what he was going on in his life at the time, but I wish he could have continued on from that and, and did more. Um, we tried to, a, yeah, go ahead, Sean. I was to say about uh, no one's mentioned yet, so I'll go ahead. Uh, Change your mind, the song that opens the album. I crazy. love the yeah. way that, that song starts and builds yeah. and those drums and that crowd noise. And you know what I'm wondering too if that if this is a um, a uh, ghost produced jamming uh, jamming Lewis track because it, it just it kind of has that yeah, feel yeah. to it. it. Has their what I call the kitchen sink. Just throw all those sounds <laughs> in there. Uh, but yeah, I that that is my favorite song on the whole album. Is is actually change your mind. I that's, again, that's what I still play to this day. Uh, just wonder what everyone else thinks about that one. Fire, oh, no. cosine, yeah, crazy. Right, it's, it's cool, but it, uh, to me, Man. it does hold a candle to Babyless Kits or She I Can't Resist. Yeah, but it, it holds its own though. I mean, as a as just a cut on album cut, it was real nice. So. Yeah. yeah, I think my favorite song on this album is Addiction. I always, mm. yeah, I just, the, it was just so like, I just saw it being like, uh, he would just close the show out or just shut it down. It would remind, it doesn't sound like it, but it reminds the same sort of thing when I think of like a housequake or something. It was like, this is that hot Minneapolis, Minneapolis joint. Just, I was surprised yeah. when this came. I was like, damn, I don't think nobody else is fucking with this right here. <laughs> See, I, I got to say. I'm going to be Mr. Controversy again, even though I'm over here half sick. I'm Mr. Controversy. My least favorite song on the album is Crazy. Oh, God. <laughs> and, I, and the reason I, I don't just listen, there's not a bad song on this album. But Crazy to me, it, it, it just has that. It's a, it's a good song, but it just has that feel like, you know, I, like I said, I respect Sly Stone. I respect him for what he did. It's that song that made me feel like this is the song for my parents. <laughs> oh, man, what? I don't hear that. <laughs> I, 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 but it's cool. It is. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, Sly is not really of my of our generation. Kind of like James is not of our generation. You know, but but mm-hmm. we we bow down to him. You know what I'm saying? We bow down to these people. Yeah. Giving cue the Billy, as, Marks, as, Billy Sparks head check. Yeah, I, again, uh, Sly is is our generation. So is James. I don't. I don't. I disagree well, with I, that. I guess I see Sly and I mean, James more from the vicariously system. through hip hop. Yeah, but I mean, to me, I even it's 2015. Uh, where I work at, they James is bumped uh, as if it just what? came out. The shit is fire. I, I just don't. It's timeless to me. But I hear what you're saying yeah, in terms of when yeah. they come out. But there's certain works that's just timeless, dope. They work I would also uh, throw a side note to Jesse's uh, soundtrack work because oh, yeah. I have the Pretty in Pink soundtrack <laughs> just because of uh, I Just Want to Get to Know You. And The Breakfast Club too. The yep. Breakfast Club too, which they had his records all on the record store wall right, right. throughout that entire movie. 
Yes. We're going to get into some of the outside stuff. Uh, Real quick, I wanted to go back to Free World. For those listening, go listen to Free World and then fire up um, the Prince song on New Power Soul. What's that song that was the the one that everyone can agree they like? Uh, They had the video for it. Come on. Come on. You you can play those. I'm I'm sure uh, our DJ Nick here could mix those together almost seamlessly. They almost sound very similar. The the, the, the bass with the boom, boom, boom. And then how does the other one go? In a very similar sort of style. I would say play, I wouldn't say play that song. I would say play Erotic City. That, yeah. one, that one too, but that's an yeah. obvious one. But I'm saying you, you you can compare these two. You would probably wouldn't think it, but if you listen to them, yeah, very I, seamless. Which one you said the come on? You said yeah. And where, which one was that from? Uh, new, new Power, Power Soul. Soul. Oh, New Power, Power Soul. Soul. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. A, a newer one. Um, going forward to some of the outside stuff. At this point, too, Jesse starts to flex some more of his production skills. And his first outside hit, if I can understand right, was Tomorrow in the Scene. <clears throat> and uh, was it Everybody Dance? Everybody Dance was a jam. Yeah, that was a, a big song. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I, was, I was really disappointed, though, that they didn't make an extended version or a remix to that. I was really upset about that. I was mad because at that time, you know, that's what that was, was in, man. All those long versions were in. And so, you know, I mean, you got the five minutes worth, but man, Everybody Dance was just such a hot record that it just needed an extension. Yeah, I was back in school. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, and I'm going to say this, I wasn't really all into that song, but I knew it. Like, I just knew it was, I play, play oh, man, on the radio all the time. Girl. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was a huge song. I just didn't, for some reason to me, it sounded too kind of like, uh... They're trying to do. I felt like they were trying to do that style, and I didn't necessarily know that that was Jesse per se. Now listening to it, it sounded like, of course, that was him doing it. But a part of me was like, this is, is this like, eh, they're trying to be like Prince or something, which they were. But I'm saying, right. in a, in a I good was going to say, I mean, it was a no brainer. You already knew it sounded exactly like stuff that was coming out that Prince and the time and everybody did. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the, the the song that is the forever song for me by Tomorrow in the Scene and Jesse is uh, Affection. Of course. Uh, oh, yeah, that's when nice. I heard that, I was over. I was like, God. I was like, I wish this nigga was just, did this song himself. But either way, it's still, still, I play it today. That song is, it starts and stops right there. Yeah, that is a cold piece of work. That's when I was like, you know what, Jesse, man, when he wants, when he can make a dope ass R and B joint, it's untouchable, man. Like he has some of them songs. It's just and and they got that bottom to it. Like you can play Affection, you can play uh, what's the song off his first album? Not can you help? Me? Uh, let's have some fun. No, nah, it's it's one of those. Can you help me? Can you play that on a dope system today? Exactly. It's a rap. That bitch is banging. Somebody, somebody said it earlier. I would imagine. Yes, a lot of Jesse stuff is is engineered far superior. Turn that bass up. Yeah, it's crazy, man. 
Yeah. But for me, the, for me, the 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 hallmark of whether it's not a song is good is when I listen, when I hear "Free World" and "Can You Help Me" in my head, mm. I hear it mixed in with all the mixtapes my man's and then was doing <laughs> in college. <laughs> I can oh. hear scratching. I can hear. I can hear the uh, the. I don't know what you call them, but when you when they replay replay uh, make they make a, the verse go twice in the same time. I hear all that. I just remember all these songs we're talking about. I can hear them in those mixes that just uh, just takes me right back. So that that's how I know a song was banging. I when it was mixed, remixed, put my man's mix, putting this dude's mixtape. So that, yeah. <laughs> this, this, yeah, these are all bangers we're talking about right now. You know this this Tamara in the scene album, man. I the song that drove me crazy would have to be "Summertime Love." Oh, read my mind. Yes, <laughs> that that joint. Oh my god! And the way I heard it, I heard it played just sped just a little bit faster. So that groove was just a little bit extra tight. But when that bass came in and them drums and Tamara, uh, Margie Cox, uh, she she is just like blowing. Her vocals were just so soulful and everything, and Jesse's production, and that's his like his signature bass pack. Which kind of sounds a little brassy, but it worked. And it was that song that actually gave me the understanding of when you hear these elements, you know Jesse produced it. Mm. You know, when I listen to that song, it reminds me of something that, um, oh, what's your girl's name? With Rick James, the, the, the white girl. Uh, Tina Marie. Tina Marie. Yes, yes. I hear her every time I hear that song. Because she, she would kill it. She would Taylor kill it though. Was such a was such a superior singer to Margie Cox. Yes, she 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 had just a little bit more force behind her voice, yeah. a little bit more power. It cut just a little bit more. Yeah, but that, yeah, I mean, but, but you can not ripping Margie. It was a great jam. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and you oh, and yeah. you really got to see. Yeah, Jesse is a force to be reckoned. Like he can produce some shit. Like he can do some outside stuff. That's a hit. Um, I think I think it was Joshua you mentioned about like you could all the particular sounds that it was a Jesse record again I remember him being yeah. on BET and he was saying that I don't know if it was I think it was his first album and possibly the second album that he recorded those on the same board that they yeah. used for the time uh, records like he had bought that from Prince or something yeah they um, gave him that mixing console yeah um, also I was going to throw in there another song that Jesse did uh, he actually worked with Vanity uh, the song from uh, What's, what's the name of that movie? Action Jackson. Action Jackson. This thing was called Undress Me or Undress. Undress. But that's Jesse. That's a, I mean, if you guys listen to that record, you know, I was so like mesmerized looking at her in okay. the movie when she does it. Hell yeah. <laughs> is, that the joint that, is that the joint that goes dun, dun, dun. Yes. Oh, that blew my mind when I heard Yeah, that's a fire What? Yeah, man. Now I got to go back and listen to it, <laughs> Why was I sleeping so hard on that? I mean, I loved it, but I wish I would have known it was him. I'm like, oh, that was stupid. When you listen to it now, you'll 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 be like, how did I not know? Because you know his sounds. It's all his shit. Like you hear it, and you're like, oh, okay, goddamn. Yeah. I saw her do that on Soul Train. I saw a video of her on Soul Train killing that. That was like, what song is this now? Undressed. Undressed. Now, far, far away eyes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm not familiar with that. One. It's it's an upset. It's in the movie. She sings oh, okay. it in oh, the Yeah, that was really banging. That one was. Yeah, I think yeah. my dad yeah. has that. I think my dad has that soundtrack on wax somewhere in one of these boxes. He has that record with her on the front of it. It's crazy. Yeah, that was a cold one. Um, another Jesse production. Uh, I'm going to briefly talk about the crash. And I know Joshua uh, knows that one. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, and this is and this gets in. This is interesting too because I think with Jesse, to me, always with Jesse, it was about timing. It's not necessarily about the talent per se because he stayed in his wheelbarrow. But the time, you know, the same thing would happen to Prince and it happened to all those guys. Time sort of shifted, and you know what people were into sort of shifted, and looking the way they looked and dressed. That shit was on its way out. Uh, I feel like the first Jesse album, it was not his best, but it was probably more so like received because that was in, he came out at the right time. I mean, you know what I mean? His look, everything was the right time. That second album, sort of on the fringes of, man, the tide is sort of shifting here in the audience that he's shooting at. And you either Prince affiliated or... Why is they looking like that? You know, sort of shifting away from understanding the music. By the time we get to 1988, the tide had totally shifted. Music was still on point, but you'd be hard-pressed to come out looking like that because that played so much into the imagery, played so much into music at that time as well. And his image was sort of not in tune with the popular image, uh, at least in black music at the time. And The Crash came out they look like a rock band to me but you played that record and it was straight minneapolis jesse i remember buying that for the first time and that that first um when the first song comes on there's like a little intro part of the guitar somebody you know i guess jesse that was some of the most funkiest shit i had ever heard i was like god Damn. You know what I'm talking about, Jess, uh, Joshua? Yes, I've heard that intro <laughs> on the show many times. And yes, when I finally heard. got slid that record, I'm like, he just, he did it again. He just went straight to the to the stank. Yeah. It, the hand clap, the soul clapping and everything. It was stupid. Yeah, it was like on some like, <laughs> to me it was like you would have saw some shit Prince would have did like on the, the second time album or something. I'm like, God Damn, is the whole album gonna sound like this? And then it, you know, then those big beats come in, you know, and, and just it's, it's madness. But that was some Jesse fire. Like I almost want some of that stuff that had been his stuff because it was almost even better. But I, I don't know if you guys remember the crash. Oh yeah, yeah. They went to pool school, didn't they? For a moment, I have to admit, I, I'm not familiar with this group at all. I don't know what label they were on. Donnie Simpson turned them on, turned me on to them on his show. You know, he probably, I might have got hip to it that way too, possibly. Um, but they were on, so they were kind of going to be, you know, a cool little thing, but they got derailed because I believe it was the lead singer or something. It was some sort of statutory rape thing happened. Oh. And oh, Lord. they had to, that's why they changed the name. So they kicked him out and then they changed the name. They came back out again as Cool School. And by the right. time they came out, again, yeah. as I said, the time had changed. New Jack Swing was in full effect, so you couldn't come out 
sort of as a yeah, and that, that's what I thought the crash was was like Jesse Johnson's attempt, you know, at the you know that that kind of swing R and B ish right. type thing, and I just wasn't having it, dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I I've heard that intro before, the one you guys was talking about, but. I mean, it just didn't it didn't sell me on the on the album or the single. I only got the wasn't that good to you single, really? okay. And uh, I just wasn't having it, man. I was like, the, the album has a lot of dope. This album doesn't have any. To me, it didn't have any new Jack Swing elements at all. It was strictly Jesse Mini. One of my favorite songs is song Uptown on there. Uh, there's a lot of hotness on there. A lot of it sounds like again straight out of Minneapolis and you know the the singer was a good singer but he didn't really have like an um, identity to it you know what I mean like it's hard to place a thing to it but that first album was, was fired anybody else up on that album no. yeah I have it I have it I actually re-got it from you <laughs> after I had lost it <laughs> yeah I think I did send it to you yeah I, think, I, think I, <laughs> I had it. lost Word. it many years Word. but if you haven't I, I I would implore you to go find that album. You would be surprised. Like, there's some hot shit on here. Um, and then I'm, I can, I'm listening, go ahead. I'm listening to some of the tracks on uh, YouTube, and the lead singer reminds me. I don't know if I remember that cat, Jermaine Stewart. Oh yeah, oh, I hear yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, Stewart's my dude. The word man. is out, baby. Really, <laughs> Jermaine okay. Stewart has some cuts, man. I mean, don't have to take but... no damn clothes off. There you go. <laughs> to have a good Drink time. Some, I would say it was my dude. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> hey, I, I, I was rocking them cuts. I don't care. Um, you make me feel. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but then, as I said, then they changed their name. And you're right, uh, Nick. They came back out on some new Jack Swing. They had a rapper in the group. Yeah. They did right. uh, two of the singles. I actually, I, those are the only two songs I liked on the album. Uh, one was uh, You Can't Buy Me Love. Uh, you can't buy my love. But but you can hear that. But that's, that's all Jesse, like that whole little style, though, even though it was, he had to, he did his hit and run, essentially. Like, oh, okay, let me put this new Jack Swing on it. But then there's that dope-ass jazz guitar solo in the song that he threw in there. I, I was feeling that. And I can't think of the other single that they had. But yeah, the group was totally different. And, and that was the end of it. But that brings us to uh, 1988, his third album. Uh, God damn, I can't even think of it, the song. Every Shade, Every Shade, of, Every, Love. Every Shade of Love. Every Shade of Love. Uh, this was the album where I felt like he was being Jesse Johnson as he's supposed to, but the game had changed. Exactly. And they just wasn't. One, I I, I hated A and M Records at this point because his name wasn't Jackson, and they was just all about Janet, right? And they was gonna do no shit with this record, and I just felt like there was no support on this. But I thought this album, it wasn't as diverse, I can say, as the previous. But in terms of it just being straight heat, like he put some just jams on it, not trying to make them popping. I thought this shit was banging like that first single i was like what's the cut that was okay okay. Uh, and he got he went and got uh old girl what's her name the engineer from prince let me tell tell a story about that so 
Um, I, of course, was I had the album. And I was telling a buddy of mine, man, you, you, you know, Jesse, man, listen to this guitar solo at the end of the song, right? So we listened to it on the radio. And as soon as he, you know, he says, break it down, down. All right, Susan, turn up the guitar a little bit. The station I was listening to, which was an R&B radio station, they faded it out. They were like, uh, okay, you guys don't want to hear the solo. Yes, we, yeah, I do. <laughs> I was like, come on, you go fade the best part of the song out because it's because it's like it's you know quote unquote rock and you're an R&B station and you don't want to play it. Then don't even play the song, right? I mean, why even play the song if you're not even going to play the the whole thing? So that that's my favorite part of that damn song. I mean, the whole song's fire, but it, that that was that was it right there. Susan, turn that guitar up a little bit. And yeah. he goes to work, which was really the first time on one of his albums that he had really cut loose on the guitar at that point. You're right. And also the thing I felt about this, too. Now, this was, I remember, uh, I guess Love Sexy technically was sort of out, but I was still heavy into Sign of the Times. I kind of felt like he was trying to be like Camille a little bit, you know, in, into this song as well. When he turns his yeah. voice up. But I, but I was like, it, but either way, I mean, it was so dope. But I was just like. Man, he really on. He on my man. <laughs> I was like, okay. But uh, let's talk about some other songs in this album. Uh, like, So Misunderstood, man. Like, that shit is nasty. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. When he did that live, I, I have a bunch of video soul DV, uh, interviews on DVD. A whole bunch of Minneapolis artists. All of them. And some of the ones you think don't talk. But when there's a portion of some video program and Jesse and his band are just totally cutting up on so misunderstood. And when I tell you those cats was in the pocket on that groove, the horn dudes with the trombones and everything got they step going. They just cut loose. I'm like, bro, what, what song is that? My man told me that's so misunderstood. I'm like, I'm putting that album back on my phone tonight. <laughs> yeah, just sometimes, sometimes it's the visual man you know what I mean when you see that or live or on a video or something like that I mean it just sells it man. you know what I mean yeah. like, you want so it cool. no facial expression no nothing just standing there just playing that guitar and the girl dancing and singing at the same time like shit what's wrong with y'all <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually you remind we got a shout out uh, I believe her name is Sue Ann Codwell Carwell, yeah, yeah, she's on a a lot of his stuff over the years, but she, her voice is so in my mind so synonymous with a lot of Jesse's records. Like you gotta you gotta shout her out as well. Um, every, every, the song "Every Shade of Love" I thought was a different sort of attempt for him. He, I think he had strings on it. Um, you know, I felt like again, I still felt like he was sort of really chasing. Sort of what Prince was kind of doing, but I wasn't mad at it. But I, I love that song. A lot of people think that song is corny, but I'm a sucker for that kind of shit. Yeah, I, I think it's corny. But, but like, but like you were saying, <laughs> no. the, the, the sound and the times were changing. So that slow beat was, you know, was kind of in at the time. So the every shade of love was kind of on. I think it was on point to to what was coming out. And um, I mean. I, every shade of love was a good listening song, but for me as a DJ, I couldn't, I couldn't even right. play that. You know what I mean? Right. I couldn't right. do nothing with it. But it was cool to listen to. You know what I mean? I, see again, my reaction to this album is kind of the same reaction I had to his first album. No, none of the songs are necessarily bad, but all together in a catalog, 
the only song that stands out to me is I'm Just Wanting You because it has yep. a different sound yeah. to it. That's a great song. Yeah, and that, that song love, was love a Struck burner, is a man. Good song. And that bass, he's doing something different with the bass. That's the hook. The hook is there. The rest of the songs, they have a very generic, nice beat, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, out. I'm just wanting you. I'm hearing that. Uh, I, was, I don't know if it's an acoustic guitar or, or whatnot, but it sounds different. He's doing something different with his voice going into the higher register and and then playing, then uh, putting the flange on the, on the guitar and doing something different with it. It's like, this is an original song. And then he follows up with Stop, Look, and Listen, which is a god-awful song. <laughs> oh. yeah, I like that song. <laughs> I think that's why you like that song. I do, because, it's, it's, again, to me, it sounds it sound like just some throwaway-type Prince type of shit. Because even the ending of that song, it sounded like he was biting almost lick for lick from the guitar solo from, uh, what's the, I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. That song sounds like to me. Similar. That song sounds like to me. It belongs on the soundtrack of some goofy high school. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> but I, like I said, it, it, it to me it makes me think of a lot of the goofy sort of throwoffs from the time, or or that Prince would do. So I was just like he's just in that same, you know. After high school. Definitely. Yeah, or you know, what's that? Uh, one day I'm going to be somebody. Be somebody. <laughs> we don't like new wave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, going back to I'm just wanting you. That's one of his dopest joints, man. Like I would agree. You know, I was shocked when that came. I was like, "What is this?" Imagine things falling off the trees. Ah, uh, nice. I wish he had a video for that, man. Like if nothing else, I thought that song could have been at least a late night. You know what I mean? What they call that when the song on the radio, R and B radio that bumped that one night, you know, played it that Quiet night. Quiet storm, Quiet storm joint like that. Hello? was just a classic, man. <laughs> no, but Mike, it has it has guitar. At this point, uh, R and B was not trying to check for anything that had any kind of electric guitar in it. Nope. Yeah. If your name wasn't Devonte, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> or or Keith, wow, Sweat or Washington or Riley. <laughs> right, right. You ain't you ain't getting no 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 late night slow jam. I'll, I'll be sure. Day, so. But who's who's the Washington? I'll be un I'll, I'll be uncertain. <laughs> who's yeah. the Washington? I forget the Washington. Keith, Keith Washington Washington with the oh, extra extra yeah. extra F curl. Yeah, Keith was bad Keith for like five minutes. Yeah, I remember he was on Martin all the time. <laughs> yep. Trying to get with Gene. Yeah, we we ain't even talk about Love Struck though. That to me was the record, man. Well, that's the killer. I mean, that that bass line, dun dun dun, dun dun dun, and then the horns, dun dun dun. dun, 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 dun. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, dude! Like, come on, man. You, I mean, coming in with that single, that like for me, I mean, I, I play that every day, all day. You know, a lot of people, a lot of cats didn't receive it as well, but I really loved it, and I was all over it. Man, I mean. I could, I could, man, I, to this day, I play that song. It's like, yeah, dude, that's the that's one. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Let me ask you, without listening, like, I'm, I've got my title up, and I'm I'm playing the clips. Do any of you, could you could you sing the hook or hum the hook to any of these songs other than I'm Just Wanting You or Love Struck? No. Uh, the one, every shade of love. I don't know. I got that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Yes, you couple could. of songs on each album that just stand out, but doesn't I wouldn't say that about uh, Shockadelica, though. No, the song itself. Oh, you mean the oh, oh album, album? Sorry. Oh, uh, I mean, hey, some albums are better than others, no doubt. Yeah, but I'm just. You know, I, I, it was just. It was disappointing to hear this album after hearing what he had done previous. Now, moving forward, he's going to blow my mind again. I will say that. Yo, can anybody, uh, can anybody, since we're talking about some albums that are better than others, can anybody sing the chorus to anything off of Black Messiah? Oh, hell. <laughs> can you just like that damn uh, Sanskrit lyricism? Can, can, that's Sanskrit I don't know lyricism. the lyrics, but I can hum them bitches. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll, we'll make you listen, listen, y'all can throw all the shade you want to my way. I do not know what people see in D'Angelo. I said it. You know, I, I got to get you on more. this one. I'm not, not feeling not it myself more. either. Uh, hey, hey, I you know, everybody, it. everything ain't for everybody, but we're going to stay on target. We're going to get in D'Angelo uh, contact. But, yeah, um, just, I just wanted to say real, something real quick. The, the Every Shade of Love album, I mean, I don't know if everybody agrees with this, but that was kind of my exit from Jesse Johnson right yep. there, that last yep. album. Well, that I mean, was for everybody's exit yeah, for I mean, a while. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I know he <laughs> put out things, you know, throughout the years and stuff like that but i you know yeah i just he disappeared but i thought that from the time he released the first album to the every shade of love album it was like he did everything in the correct time yeah like, yeah he went in and out like he Perfect. was supposed to he he that's it you know what i mean and it was, and it was cool it, he didn't he didn't try to like beat a dead horse you know and keep going with whack stuff well, I, I I do believe uh, he did another album after Every Shade of Love, but no, right, A and M didn't put it. No, no, no. I'm saying they didn't put it out. See, so they didn't put uh, it out. So. They didn't put that out. Are you talking about Bear My Naked Soul? No, 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 no. He did an album, I think, for A and M. Oh, okay. After oh, wow. after Every Shade, and they, they didn't release that. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I read that somewhere. Well, I don't know if it was bootleg, he Mike. Let me see. <laughs> I don't think it's ever been leaked either. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's so bad it didn't leak. <laughs> I don't know if it was no. bad or good. You know, I will say this. I think the last Jesse record that I felt after, I think it came out after this. It may have been before, but the song he had on the White Men Can't Jump uh, soundtrack. I, what? I thought that song was dope to me. You know, he sampled a little bit of James. Out, he samples a little bit of James in that, but I think he played in a movie as well. Everybody, I didn't know he had a song on that movie. Yeah, I didn't even. You know, I, I'm going to say Every State of Love was my exit until, but if the album that didn't come out sounds anything like the songs he did on Pandemonium, uh, Blondie, and the song Pandemonium, I'll buy it. Yeah, Blondie was straight fire because when that when album came out, you could you knew that was a Jesse, you know, deal. Mm-hmm. The, the guitar was just screaming on him like, this is what I want to hear. This and that solo thing. on uh, Black Cat was stupid. <laughs> uh. <Ooh. laughs> that solo on Black Cat, I ain't gonna lie. I, that's the only, one of the only reasons I listened to that album, Rhythm Nation, besides the fire I, production. But. I will say I, I can't stand the song Blondie. 
I'll say that. All right. Uh, but yeah, I guess Pandemonium is the next time we hear any Jesse Productions. Uh, not to say he wasn't active. Uh, I think he right. said that he's done a lot of studio stuff. I haven't necessarily heard it. Um, but then after that, I don't know what year this was. God, I can't remember what year. Uh, was it 96? Uh, Bear My Naked Soul. And this is this is interesting because this is probably, I would imagine if you asked Jesse, it would probably been his album that he really wanted to make more so than any of the other ones at that point. Where it was, I think he was doing his style that he really wants to do as opposed to, I'm going to do Minneapolis style or what's hitting at the time. I want to do rock stuff, you know, and all that kind of stuff that I'm really into. Um, so Bear My Neck of Soul comes out, and I want to say that comes out slightly before, I, you know, i got to compare the two. It comes out before uh, Chaos and Disorder? Uh, I think you're right, yeah. I think it came out in 95. The ninety five? Is he the ninety six, ninety five? But it was, a, it was impossible to find though. It was ooh, it's too much error to find a copy. I'm trying to remember where I how did I get that album? But it's um, so over me, I, I have no idea about the Baron My Ink is sold. No, I but I, 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 if top of my head, there was, I can't think of the name of the song. There's a couple of songs in there that I like. For me, it was such a shock though that I wanted Minneapolis Funk Jesse. <laughs> like well, when I, was I, when I put it on, I was like, what What the? F- what are they doing? I was like, well, I hate when cats do that. But I understand why he's doing it. Well, he told you at the beginning, right? The first track, I wanted to do something a little bit more guitar, right? The This little 16-second opener. Yeah, I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> but I respected Dang. it. I respected it, though. I was like, Dang, I understand. It's just not what this, I this, wanted to hear. But I, this, is your, again, this, is your, this is your hit and run, right? <laughs> I didn't hate the record. Oh, no, okay. I didn't hate it. I just, it, I wanted to hear, you know, I was so enamored with that other stuff. So there was only a few songs in here that I loved. Um, uh, was it Cry, Cry in the Sky or something like that? I need to get the song in front of me. That's my cut, though. Uh, I like uh, Bella Bella Dallas, and, yeah. uh, um, oh gosh, War Babies. Okay. I need this album in digital so badly. Like, I need it. I got to find it. Yeah, for whatever reason, this album and the one after that are not available on any digital service. Uh, you talking about verbal penetration? Verbal pen- yeah. Oh, I got that digital. Oh, verbal penetration is straight thunder. Yeah, that's the that's the album I was referring to. That brought me back um, into the fold. Crazy. Yeah, verbal. Oh, was, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just the only problem I have with. Well, no, uh, someone else can go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, just for me, the only thing I don't like about verbal penetration, it's a little interlude heavy. Yeah. Uh, yes. Other than, that, other than that, I, I really mm-hmm. enjoy it. And I think he was trying to, I think he was trying to channel his inner D'Angelo Maxwell a little bit too much. His falsetto was not really yeah. there, not really that strong to do that. But, and it got a little tiresome after a while. But I was, it was, that's a double album, right? Yeah. 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 See, if, I don't know. Do it could you have guys, been edited down. Yes. Do you yeah. think you should have come back with a double album? We needed to kind of get our feet wet first again, right? Well, it's one of those things. Hey, he may not get another chance to get an album. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throw it all on there. Yeah, and I think actually before this came out, they put out, I don't know if it was Rhino Records or somebody, but they put out uh, Jesse Johnson, The Ultimate Collection. 
Yes. Yeah, that was vinyl. And, and he had the one new song on there. It was called Vibe. And that gave, I remember hearing that, and I was like, this is before he's hooked up with D'Angelo, but I was like, man, he on some D'Angelo. Like, if you go back and listen to that song. Oh, yeah. You're like, I was like, damn. I, I, was, I wanted to hear some Jesse. I was like, he's been trying to be like D'Angelo. I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, and so it's interesting sort of where he goes from that and even verbal penetration. You, I, to me, verbal penetration was, I thought he was more so showing, like, tipping his hat to Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. Real heavy. I can see that. You know, it's like, okay, let me do some Curtis type shit. And there was some good cuts on there, man. I, I thought it like you said, I think it was too much sort of interlude. But there was a there is a musical part on there that to this day shocks me. I was like, Jesse producing shit like this, it sounds like something straight out of Dr. Dre. Um it's got I think it's Sue Ann singing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're not going nowhere? Yeah, oh. I, almost, I want that to be a... That music on there was filthy to me. I pumped that in my car. I still bumped. I had actually remixed that and put a, a Tupac verse over that oh. uh, for myself. I was like, this shit is fire, man. I was like, this is Jesse? <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, the, first, the first song I heard Tupac off... Tupac and Jesse Johnson, that's hilarious. <laughs> first song I heard off of that album, Slave to Our Freedom... That's a cut. Yeah, that just yeah. that blew my head open, man. Is that Jesse talking or or is he? Just no, like, I don't think so. I was either he's modulating his voice or it also reminds me of. Uh, remember Radio Scope? I don't know if you guys even remember. Anybody remember Radio Scope? Mm-hmm. They used to come on. It's a syndicated thing. They used to come on different radio, black radio stations every Saturday. Um, EUR, I think, is their online sort of thing. But I think it's Steve Ivory. Is a noted uh, the journalist I think that was his voice but I have to because a very distinctive style but anyway uh, verbal, mm. pen, verbal Penetration that was the last Jesse album so far uh, I think it was independently released I want to say Dismaker's record company put, or sort of label put that out um, double album and now Jesse, wait, wait, oh, go, go ahead. Are we going to talk about uh, the original seven thing? Y- yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. I totally oh. Original what? seven. I, 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 hey. Somebody don't like that album? No. Well, a lot of people don't like it, but. Really? Well, I, I, I say this, and I let everybody else speak it's on It's uneven, it. you know, but. Is it's it really? not going to sound like <laughs> the time albums, you know, of yesterday. But I think there's some cuts. Oh yeah, on that yes. record, man. <laughs> like now, I heard or read somewhere that he he was unhappy with what they did with Sick. Um, he didn't he didn't like the the lyrics that essentially went with his music, and it, it if you think about it, it really doesn't sound like something that that he would sing about. But I love that song just because of the music. Uh, does anyone know or have heard the same thing? I think I think he put something on his Facebook page. Yeah, what, sort of what did he like? Something like that. What didn't he like? Uh, the whole girl, your shit is sick. You know, the whole just you know objectifying women kind of thing. He what? he gave he gave them the track, right? But they, but that the lyrics. I don't. I, for what I remember from reading, and maybe someone can look up his Facebook and find it. But uh, 
I don't know if they were lyrics or if, or if they added lyrics later or changed what he wrote or whatever, but uh, the song is not to his liking, although he produced it, he's not, he wasn't happy with what they, what the finished product of the song was. Now, he, wait, he was a member of the time when they shot Purple Rain and his front singer threw a woman in the trash can, right? <laughs> but, but he wasn't in that scene. He ain't write the script. And maybe his views have changed. You know, maybe he's evolved. That was 84. This was, what, uh, 2000. You know, twelve, whatever the album came out. Yeah, you you sign with the devil. You 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 better be prepared to pay. That's all I gotta I, say. I'm just saying. I'm just you know. I'm just saying what the you know. I love the song, but but I you know I can kind of you know see where his where he's coming from. Hey, I don't want. I mean, the the, the time they were about objectifying women, weren't they? No, the, they, they, not, they not really to, didn't have no say in that. They really weren't writing no words and nothing like that. That was all that Prince bullshit. And all his demons, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm they they just saying what, what what was given to them. So they really I don't know jerk out jerking everything in sight. That sounds <laughs> pretty. <laughs> I mean, who wrote the song though? I yeah, mean, Prince wrote that though. Yeah. Well, I think I I guess again what Anna and I Amber what Sean is saying, and I think I I don't know if, I didn't see the part necessarily about the lyrics, but I know he posted there. I think the original music on his page or something and he I think he was kind of saying something here's what I actually gave them and here's what it actually came out to be I don't think he wrote the song the lyrics I think he just did the music um, so again his intention may have been totally different what you know what Morris Day is about he's a totally different guy than what you would probably hear on a Jesse Johnson record you, you know what's cool to me is uh, you know just kind of changing the subject here real quick is that um you know, when you look at the time albums from the first to the pandemonium, pandemonium and whatnot, I mean, Jesse's with him from the jump. You know what I mean? You could see him in the picture for the first album. You know, what time is it? Ice Cream Castle, Panama. I mean, I just think it's awesome. You know? I think he played on 777. Yeah. And because and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis didn't, didn't join in until what time is it? Is that right? Because Jelly no. Bean... No, they were all there from the beginning. Yeah, they were there. Yeah, they were all... They were there from the beginning. I mean, they oh. didn't play on the records, but they was definitely they was touring, and they was part of the group. Um, there's something I wanted to add, something from Jesse about the time. Uh, shit. It was... Art, again, this isn't the same article. This is from, like, 85 or something. It's interesting that the article starts... Uh, where Jesse was arrested uh, for almost inciting a riot. Uh, he was, uh, I think he was opening for New Edition at the time. He was opening for New Edition? It's opening for New Edition. Uh, it says, ah. police claimed that Johnson told the audience to ignore security guards' demands and they, that they not cram the aisles or attempt to jump onto the stage. Uh, he says, that night security was walking around poking people with billy clubs. If anybody was... If anybody was provoking a bad situation, they were, Jesse asserted. Uh, he said, I just told the people to stand up and party, not knowing I was committing a crime by doing that. Uh, encouraged by Jesse, 60 to 80 teenagers jumped into the stage, but said Johnson, the whole thing was pretty orderly and nobody got hurt. I mean, people were coming at up to me one at a time. There was no so-called stampede. Uh, they took me to jail in handcuffs like I was some kind of criminal and gave me a bail of 25000 like I was a murderer. <laughs> So it was a big joke to them. The police took pictures of me and had me sign autographs for the kids. 
Oh, hell no. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> getting shit from me. You arrest me. Come on, man. <laughs> what uh, year was that? What year was that? This had to be like 85, like right when he went solo. Wow. Um, so he says, uh, uh, he says, I get to do what I want for a change. Talking about, you know, why they disbanded from the time. So the time was built around Morris and I was his first employee, his director of the rhythm section. Uh, he says, but the guys in the time were all older than me. Uh, in the time, it was like I was always off to the side, not smiling. But I had to be, but I had a lot to be angry about then. In my own group, the guys respected me. They look up to me because I'm proving myself to them. This is so, <laughs> interesting. Um, he does sound like, I don't, he does sound like the Rodney Dangerfield of the Minneapolis South. But you know, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, uh, he's always begging for respect. Like, what was that woman's name? We talked about her maybe three years ago who said, who was he? Uh, in regards to him putting a song out on an album or something. Remember, we talked about that on the show. And Lauren, she was an Italian woman that was a publicist and said, who's Jesse Johnson to be telling us? Talking about Michael Jackson album that, that, that came out recently. And Jesse Johnson was going to be involved with it or something? Yeah, we they, had a, it was Jesse, D'Angelo, and a couple of people. They recorded a Sly yeah. song, and it was a duet with Michael's vocals that Michael did a version of it. And then right. L.A. Reid decided not to put it out for whatever reason. And right. this woman, she kind of dissed him. Like, who is he? I don't even know who this guy is. Another part, he says, uh, current, is Johnson currently lives in the suburb of Minneapolis. But he is contemplating a move. He says, I don't really like it here in Minneapolis. I'm not a star because I'm not Prince. Oh. Makes sense. <laughs> but, I mean, didn't, didn't, because uh, I, I remember reading a lot of stories where Jesse said that he used to demo some songs that would wind up on his later albums, a song that he wanted to submit to Jammin' Lewis or whatever. And or just letting him hear stuff he was working on by himself, and they laughed at him. Wow! They laughed at his music and everything. So I could, I mean, I shoot, I, I could see why he would feel some type of way. Right. And I, I remember, sort of, when his recent reus, I think when the the time was coming back out that uh, new album, he was in one of those. It was a Complex magazine. It was one of those magazines that kind of do the real in depth interviews. Uh, from a few years ago, and he talked about though that, and I didn't know this, that him and Prince was actually very tight. Sort of, uh, I think this might have been around 84, 85. I think he said he lived with Prince uh, at it for a time. But he said that they was actually real cool, even if he may have had somewhat of issues with other people. Him and Prince ended up being real cool and, and to the point where, you know, he said he learned a lot of game from him watching, and then went off and did his solo joint. So I it was interesting that they must have been boys. They'd be kind of, kind of boys at a certain point. And you can kind I don't of hear. See why they wouldn't be. You can hear. Uh, I'm trying to think what bootleg that is. Uh, it's one of them. And the first song is damn near 30 minutes. It's just Prince jamming. But he calls Jesse by name a few times when he's playing. Like, uh, he says his name. I don't know if he's just standing there watching him or something. You could tell it was obviously was around. Is it is it the uh, screams of passion? It could be that one because I know that track is like thirty minutes long and like a rehearsal. It's one of those. It's if it's not yeah, that it's, one, it's, it's one. There's another one that's just like that. But he says his name, and then even I think in um, that birthday show, 
you know, that Prince did where they do uh, 17, I think it starts with 17 days or something. Yeah. One of those songs, at the he says Jesse again. He's like, Jesse or something? You got to get your, get your band. <laughs> the Bird like Rehearsal. The Bird Rehearsal. That's what it was. That's right. I remember that. Y'all better get a band. Yeah, y'all better get a band. <laughs> Classic. Well, Prince can throw some shade, can he? <laughs> hey. All right. Uh, man, anything else about Jesse? Well, again, uh, we got to mention Jesse uh, left the original seven to go play guitars with D'Angelo. Uh, I, mm. remember, I remember at the time that that sort of happened. At first, a lot of people was like, oh, man, Jesse, late leaving the group again, messing it all up. Well, you know, from what I heard, the, the, they had the the original seven time, whatever they want to call themselves. They had no plans to tour, right? So right. he's like, hey, "I gotta go make this paper over here." Hey, <laughs> yeah. what are you gonna do? Wait around forever for them to get you know to do stuff? Like, which I don't understand how you cannot have a plan to to tour. You know, it's monumental enough them getting back together. How can you not have a plan to tour behind that? Yeah, right. I, I think Jesse he, when he released, he said. Uh, they had a phone meeting or something. And he 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 asked like what you said. What's the tour plans? He said they don't have anything. He said what's the when are we going to do accounting for the album to for the sales? So we don't have any plans for that. And he was like, well, man, I done spent all this money coming to the rehearsals, coming to the studio, and I can get no return on my investment. I'm out. Well, see, why why do it if we're not going to tour and you know support this? So you know. He, he, he went uh, went to go work. Went to go go somewhere. I'm sure he's getting a nice check, uh, being a part of the uh, the Vanguard. Vanguard there. And it's I'm, a good look. Now I, I can't remember. nomination. Yeah was was he part of that my summertime thing video that they put out with the There was a video. Yeah, well, not a video, but I but you know yeah I mean, he's just, playing on that. Okay, that's what I thought, man. That, woo, that's fine, man. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Leeds is up there too. That's what oh, I okay. You're talking about D'Angelo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was ridiculous. That's a Bonnaroo. Yes. That's yes. What is. Yeah. That's what I hope they shipped out Prince and tied him to a chair and said, "Hey, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> this could be you, but you, but you be playing." Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other shout outs or anything about Jesse you want to put out there? Talk about. I had an opportunity to speak with him directly earlier this year, and I really liked him. You know, he turned me on to the whole uh, Pano music player from um, Neil Young, and they do a lot of high-resolution uh, downloads and things of that nature, and I, I really enjoyed speaking with him. Right on. All right. Maybe one day we'll get uh, Mr. Johnson, old man Johnson, on the show. Please, please. Interesting, interesting. Now, you know, for the first album, did he did he have many music videos? Yeah. Uh, I, I want I think, my girl and really, I, you know, I've never seen him. I think never. every single, I think every single. You, had a neither video. have I. I've never yeah. seen. Really? Him. This was back. You had to have videos back then. I mean, you yeah, because like, like where I lived, we didn't have cable until like almost like eighty eight for real, oh, and yeah. so. Yeah, like I was kind of late to the game of video. The only place you could see him is with Donnie Simpson. Now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't see him till late either. But but he did. He does have him. I think there's a. Isn't there a movie that somebody's watching? There is actually. I think. That, that's that's what my girl. Somebody's watching like a TV movie in a hotel. And this guy. Oh, and yeah. it shows. Yeah. 
I ain't never seen that. Or even like even from the Shockadelica album, I man, I, I think I seen I think I saw a Baby Let's Kiss video, but yeah. I, I'm not sure. But I don't I haven't seen any videos from that. The only one I ever remember was Love Struck. And I've never seen any music videos. You know, and so I don't know. Are they out there on YouTube and stuff? I was trying to look for them. Oh, yeah. On YouTube. I remember Baby Let's Kiss was heavy for me. You guys remember, remember the show Night Flight? Yeah. 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 They yes. used to run yes. that video forever back then. Yeah, really? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I missed out on the, on the music video scene right there. But, um, and then, okay, so obviously Free World's a B-side. You're not going to see a video for that. But is there a, man, is there a live version of this? For which one? Free world. Not that I know I of. See, that's what I'm saying. He never so. performs it. Like he does like he'll he'll go into it like for a second. I saw a video where he went into Free World for for like a quick second and then went right out of it. I'm like, what's wrong with this dude? This is like, man, I need that, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw the same video. Is this like a, a more case. recent performance or old school? No, I think yeah, it was old. Oh shoot! You up? You went up on me. I've seen recent performances, but oh yeah, no, I haven't seen any recent stuff. No, it was old when he had the the little the little big hat with the right. with the little circles on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I see the balls on it and stuff. <laughs> Straight up, Jesse. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely can see uh, some newer performances on YouTube. Uh, we, I think there was one he was that either it was earlier this year or it was last year he did a show. Didn't he do a show in the California area? He did one in, um, in, in the L.A. area a few, few months ago. Yeah, and that, that, the pieces of that are online. He actually did um, Girls and Boys. But see, the thing is about that show, from what I hear and from what I've seen, and he did this um, the last time he played a couple of nights, he didn't go out with a full-on band. It was just like him yeah. and a couple of people. I'm like, dude, Jesse, if you're going to do this, man, do this. Don't half-step it, man. Yeah, it was just him and a couple, I, you know. I guess you know, it's expensive these days <laughs> to get people to play. Shoot. Well, the obvious uh, correlation would have been have him do his solo set in front of a tour with the original seven, but we all know that didn't happen. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for D'Angelo to get some sense. Yes. Stop eating that damn chicken and Kool-Aid at the church and put let Jesse open for you, you one go. of these days. Go. I'd go to that. I'd go to that. It's heartbeat. damn near disrespectful. It's, 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 it's like blasphemous. How do you do that? Like, you get, you playing his guitar on stage, might as well let oh, the dude you, do you his thing. You know why? Yo, he don't want to get up stage. Shoot, man. Maybe, maybe Jesse, know he maybe Jesse don't want to do that. Who knows? Yeah, that could be true as well. No, it true. could be true. That would be heartbreaking, but I'm like, dude, you letting him slaughter you on guitar and shit damn motherfucker just might as well just let him rip just no, let him play whatever Jesse he wants maybe Jesse is happy for him you know what I mean maybe Jesse's like yo that's my man right there you know I this I taught him he's my protege you know type of thing you know I don't know I'd be forcing him I'm like Jesse you <laughs> get your ass off <laughs> get out there and do them dance steps like I taught you yeah. <laughs> like I taught you boys Jesse get your ass on that stage <laughs> yeah right <laughs> But yeah, you know, Jesse Johnson, man, definitely uh, should be remembered. And, you know, for people who missed out or just didn't think about it, go back, go on title. Uh, and you can yeah. hear you can hear his albums on there. Uh, he's got some good stuff. He's definitely a part of the puzzle, a, a good part of the puzzle that uh, needs to be remembered uh, for his contributions. And it's good that at the end of the day, I think it's tight that he's on tour 
with a guy like D'Angelo and was respected. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's Jesse Johnson. You know what I'm saying? That's a good ass look. That's a good look for D'Angelo. It's a good look for Jesse. It goes to show that, yo, this dude is the truth. And even these young cats coming up, gotta go to the source. You know, let me yeah. let me go and bring fucking Yoda on stage, you know, on tour with me <laughs> so I can learn as I'm going and, and get some of that juice. And also yeah. I'm putting bread, breaking bread with him, giving him an opportunity. So it's, it's actually pretty dope. So, you know, that's, that's it's nice to see that, man. I mean, because I, I like how he bigged him up on, on Red Bull, but you could see he was studying. Mm. Like, in my downtime, I was actually getting these secrets, these emerald tablets <laughs> on this guitar here from, from him, man, and just learning from watching him playing with them so it is good to see that two generate it's actually a good example that these two generations can come together yeah and, and not on mm-hmm. uh, not unlike what jesse did with sly right like, right right so there you go all right we're gonna wrap things up here but before we do we always uh let you know where we can find us i'm gonna start with our guest first mr nick where can they find you online uh, you can find me, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Facebook, uh, DJ Nick Styles. Uh, that's my like page. Uh, friend page is DJ Nick Styles one, I think. Uh, forget. <laughs> um, I do a old school radio show, um, every single, well, five days a week, uh, in Maui, uh, the jam 98.3, but you can catch my mixes on mix crate and you just look up, uh, Nick Styles or DJ Nick, yeah, Nick Styles, I think. All right. On Mix Crate, you can download all the mixes. About twenty minute mixes, but there are a lot of a lot of fun stuff on there. Eighties, nineties stuff. Tight. Well, yeah. What's the, what's the what's the uh, radio station again? You can look up. Uh, the Jam ninety eight point three. That's a that's only only to to listen live. Um, but uh, the Mix Crate is where you can actually you know on demand listen, oh. download whatever. So Mix Crate. Uh, Nick Styles, S T Y L E S. Check them out. Nice. Well, thanks yeah. for coming on. Nick. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, I, 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 I saw in your little comments that you were going to do kind of like what, you know, a favorites. I just wanted to kind of give my rundown of for my sure. favorites <laughs> from Jesse. So it's from kind of, I mean, these are all my favorites, but from least to the most. Uh, let's have some fun. Crazy with the Paul edit, like I was saying. She, I can't resist. Love Struck, Baby Let's Kiss. And I've been going through my head with these for a really long time, but I actually have to say Free World and Can You Help Me mm. is my all-time favorite. And and just because like when you hear that intro, that and then right before the beats drop, all that, I mean, it's just sick and sick. So, yeah, Free World's definitely got a place in my heart, like, as number one. But can you help me? They, they just keep on kind of rotating. <laughs> but anyway, but thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. Nice to meet everybody on here. Hopefully we can do this again. That'd be cool. For sure, for sure. All right. Uh, Mr. Joshua Jackson, where can they find you online? Um, at Facebook. My Facebook page is Brother B R O T H A Saeed S A Y I D on Facebook, and that's where I'm at, man. Oh, that's bro- oh, what's up, brother? <laughs> now you realize you. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Peace, man. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Mister, been quiet. Uh, Aunt Poop, you still there? Yes, I am, sir. 
Where can they find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at Pooh. And I'll have a new column up next week at 411 Mania. All righty. Mr. Q Storm, where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me um, at uh, qstorm.com forward slash lightning strikes. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Michael Jones, and on Twitter at qstorm3476. You okay over there? <laughs> <laughs> man, just, uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there, man. <laughs> What's the matter? You bubbling? No, I'm just yeah, you don't want to hear the. <laughs> I don't want to smell it. Mr. Sean Hill, where can they find you? Oh, you would ask for me now, so I can <laughs> stop laughing. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, uh, Hill Street Views, also on uh, Facebook, Sean Hill, the blog, Hill Street Views, blogspot.com. Also, uh, got articles up on podcastjuice.net. Uh, a couple of things coming through the pipeline. I've got my tribute to uh, 1999 called uh, I'm Not Saying This Just to Be Nasty. And uh, I'm going to be revealing uh, here shortly my favorite uh, or the best uh, Prince Protege album. So look out for those coming soon. All right. Big Sexy and Sack, where can they find you online? Uh, well, primarily on Facebook, uh, Twitter under Big Sexy and Sack. And just over this weekend, made a small step. With the assistance of the Oracle, Michael Dean, I'm getting my domain happening. I had my emails forwarded to that. And then I've gone ahead and set up the actual email over at wigginsports.com. So every so often we make a little move towards getting the online presence happening. All right, all right. can dig that. Uh, you can find me here at Podcast Juice. Also, if you don't already know, go check out the Purple Rain Minute podcast. Yeah, about um, that. Ho- hold on, <laughs> hold on. Uh, it's going down Monday through Friday uh, by myself and uh, Ida. So definitely check it out. Uh, we just started a couple weeks in, but uh, something fun to do. Also, check us out at uh, Facebook, podcastjuice.net. And on Twitter at Podcast Juice. And as I always say, work it like a job. We will see you next time. Peace. Look at me. I'm about what you see. Uh, from the top of my head until the bottom of my feet. Uh, don't do me wrong. Cause baby, don't take no mess. You gotta wake up early if you want to do my business.
pick up the pace. What you see is what you get. You know I never step. And if you think it's over now, you ain't seen nothing yet. In this doggy dog world, you know I'm out to get mine. If you wanna get yours, you know you gotta reach high. Trying to survive out there when it's pouring to be on top, you gotta jump. <laughs> 